0: Hey friends, and welcome to the Fiercely Unfixed podcast. We're your hosts, Loz and Sammy, and we're here to empower and educate you on how you can heal and feel your best in a sustainable, non-restrictive way that allows you to live your life and feel great in the beautiful body that you live in. Loz and I are best friends, nerds at heart, and both navigating our lives the best way we can. And together, we wanna share our love for all things natural healing, including gut health, period and hormone health, mental health, body image, food freedom, exercise, relationships, sex, you name it. And we plan to have some fun chit chat along the way. So grab yourself a cuppa, sit back, get cozy, and let's jump into today's daily dose of learning. Hey guys, and welcome back to another episode of the Fiercely Unfixed podcast. It's Lauren here today, and I am doing a solo episode, and it's very strange. I'm not used to having to chat to myself during a podcast episode. I know Sammy said this on her solo episode, how strange it was, so I'm sure we'll get around it. Today's episode, we're going to be chatting about all things trauma, and in episode three of the podcast, we actually talked a lot about stress in the nervous system. I would absolutely love it if you guys could go back and listen to this episode if you haven't already, as this gives you a really good grounding in the science and a bit more context for the different things that we're going to chat about today. Obviously, as I'm sure you guys can appreciate, the concept and chatting about trauma can be a really heavy subject. So if you feel like this isn't a good option for you today, please come back another day or skip it altogether. I want to start us out like Sammy and I normally would and have a chat about weekly recaps. Now, Sammy is away on a holiday with her partner Hayden, and I'm so excited for the two of them because it's been way too long. So they are going to have a brilliant time. They're over in Cabo and then heading over to the US. It's going to be such a nice holiday for them. And Sammy also has some other news that I'm not going to spoil. We'll wait till next time for that. For myself, I just had a lovely week away with my partner, Stu. We went up to the Gold Coast, not far from where Sammy lives, and we just hung out. I'm a massive introvert. So for me, just being able to chill in a hotel room, read, just relax was such a rejuvenating time and very, very needed. And otherwise, not much else has been happening. Just been chilling, learning a whole bunch of new things for my business. It's been a really good couple of weeks. So On the podcast today, I'd like to start with something a little bit different. I'd actually like to walk you through a quick body scan meditation to check in on your nervous system before we dive into today's topic. So if you're currently driving or doing something that requires your full attention, please skip past this meditation and return to it at safe time. To begin, I'd like you to orient to the space around you. So feel the seat beneath your thighs, the temperature of the room, any sounds you might notice, and identify a few different objects that you can see in your space. For me, that's a candle, it's my water bottle, my computer screen. Just notice what surrounds you to bring yourself into the present moment and into your space. When you're comfortable and when you're ready, and only if it feels safe to do so, of course, close your eyes down and take a few slow, deep breaths. I'd like you to turn your focus into the body now and gently, compassionately, notice the sensations within your body. Let's start by noticing the temperature of your body. Are you cold or are you warm? Are there certain parts of your body that are cooler and certain parts that are warmer? Turn your attention to your breath and to your chest. Notice the sound of your breathing and the feeling as the air passes through your nostrils. Notice the soft rise and fall of your chest, the expansion and contraction as you breathe gently. Now take note of your heartbeat. Is it fast or is it slow? Whereabouts do you notice your heartbeat within your body? Draw your attention down into your stomach. Do you notice a sense of fullness, emptiness, Calm or churning? What is your belly, your gut telling you? Notice it with curiosity and compassion. Move your attention to your energy. Do you feel tired or do you feel energised? Is your body looking for movement or is it wishing to rest in this moment? It's totally normal to feel restless when we're asked to take a deeper, closer look within our bodies, so please be kind to yourself. Take a final scan over your entire body. Do you notice any other sensations? Tension, calmness, discomfort, humming or buzzing, heaviness or lightness? What is your body trying to tell you? It's totally okay if this is challenging for you. Just be with your body and breathe with these sensations that come up. When you're ready, I'd like you to bring some movement back into your fingertips, your wrists, your arms, your neck, and slowly open your eyes. Gently orient back to the space around you, noticing those same different objects, the seat beneath you, and just where you are. Take a long, slow, deep breath in and let it out, thanking your body for communicating with you in this moment. So I'm hoping everyone's feeling super relaxed. It's a different way to start at a podcast, but when we're talking about checking in with the nervous system and understanding the nervous system this kind of stuff is really important so if like I said during the meditation if that brought anything up for you just acknowledge it please don't be cruel to yourself I know when I first started doing any kind of meditation or body scan type exercise I immediately shut down like I was immediately like I can't do this I can't connect to my body by the way spoiler alert that's a pretty big um you know, sign that something's a little bit amiss. Maybe there's a bit of a disconnect between your mind and body, but just be kind to yourself and obviously go back, listen to it more if you would like to. Okay, so to start out with, we are going to nerd out just a little bit, and I promise it won't be for long. If you would like, please go back to episode three, because this is where we cover more of the in-depth science around the nervous system. But just a recap, because I think it will help you guys sort of understand these concepts a little bit deeper. So when we're talking about our nervous system and its responses to the world around us and our own experience, we're looking at a division of our nervous system called the autonomic nervous system. Now, the key is in the name auto. You have no control over this bad boy. Your autonomic nervous system is running itself. It's taking in different stimuli from the outside and the inside, and it's telling your body how to respond and how to operate based on those circumstances. The autonomic nervous system is made up of these sympathetic, nervous system and the parasympathetic nervous system. So it has two divisions, subdivisions. You guys will have heard of this before. So the sympathetic nervous system, this is what's really commonly known as your fight flight nervous system. This is adrenaline's pumping, you're running away from the lion. That's what this nervous system is designed to do. Your parasympathetic nervous system most commonly is known as rest, digest, rejuvenate, relax, relax. Um, repair, have sex, all of those good things that require you to be in a really restful state. So what a lot of people don't realize that there is a component of your vagus nerve, which I'll talk about in a moment, which is the big cranial nerve that controls your parasympathetic nervous system, so that rest and digest nervous system. There is a part of that vagus nerve that also is in charge of some deeper stress responses as well. And these are known as freeze and fawn. So we're going to kind of cover off on this a little bit. This is called polyvagal theory. So this is something that Dr. Stephen Porges has proposed. It is still a theory, but the science is pretty strong. And I wanted to mention this to you guys because it is really fascinating when it comes to a few things I'll be talking about in a moment. So When we talk about the vagus nerve, which is this great big long cranial nerve that runs right through our system, it's designed to help activate that parasympathetic rest digest state. So this cranial nerve, the front component of it, literally the front side of it, so your face, belly, that side, your ventral vagal, this is where we do the most socializing. We have the most comfort. This is where we are safest. This is where our body goes yep, I've scanned our environment, we're all good to go. That's where we want to be most of the time. Unfortunately, in our modern world, we don't spend a lot of time in this state. The vagus nerve also has a kind of back component. This is the dorsal vagal component of the vagus nerve. Now, think dorsal fin, like on the back of a dolphin or a whale. That's the backside. Now, this controls more of that freeze response. This is when, if you think about, you know, you've watched on like Animal Planet or one of those channels, you've watched, you know, the the lion come in and take out the gazelle, right? And what happens to that gazelle? Initially, it tries to escape. But then when it realizes it's in real trouble, it lays down, it freezes, and it pretends to die in order to survive. Now that, when I say pretends, it's not a conscious choice. The body does this automatically to help try to save you. So that is an example of how this occurs in the wild. And ultimately, yes, we're far more complex beings than Giselle, but we also... um, have developed some really cool, you know, evolutionary things that enable us to accommodate for our modern environment, and we'll talk about that in a moment. But at a base, you know, from a base perspective, foundationally, we have this exact instinct built into, we can go into a free state if needed. So that's just a little brief explanation of what happens when it comes to our parasympathetic and sympathetic nervous systems, that stress response or survival response. So what I wanted to chat to you guys about was how in our modern society, we tend to think of ourselves as thinking beings. We can think our way out of anything. We can process our emotions, push them aside and carry on with our day. Nothing should affect us. That's very much the, you know, society that we are raised amongst. It's a very trauma society, unfortunately. At the end of the day, though, we actually know that our brain and our body are one. They function as one. And it sounds very hippie, but it's it's for science. It's very true. And that's where our brain and our autonomic nervous system, they talk to one another. And so our bodies do this in a few different ways. And I'm going to give you some terminology here because it's super interesting and, again, quite helpful. So we have neuroception. So neuroception is our body scanning the environment for cues of safety or of danger so that's obviously our big important one it's looking outside going is the lion around or are we calm and is everything okay are we safe and secure we have interoception which is our perception of the sensations that are occurring within, like inside our body. And then we also have proprioception, which is our perception of our body within space, like where our limbs are, and then we're not going to walk into things and all that sort of stuff. There are a couple of others, but these are the three that I really wanted to hone in on. So the other thing I wanted to mention was the big reminder that whilst we are exceptionally complex beings, our number one priority from our body's perspective is survival. That is the biggest thing that it's looking for is how do we survive? Just want you to keep that in mind when we're talking about some of this stuff today. So why are we talking about trauma? The reason why we're diving into this topic in more depth rather than just talking about stress in the nervous system is because when Sammy and I work with people, and obviously we are grounded in functional medicine, so a lot of the time we are working with people who have physical ailments that they're struggling with. When we work with people who are really struggling, often what we do also see is that their nervous system has had exposure to things that were exceptionally stressful and it can actually leave an imprint behind and it can change the way our physiology, the way our body works So this is really key because along the way when you're trying to resolve, you know, hormonal issues or gut issues or whatever it is you're tackling, if you're running into problems and you're not getting the desired outcome and you're also struggling with other things, you know, maybe it's your sense of direction in life, maybe it's your mood, you know, if there are other things that are going on for you, it's really important to reflect on something like, you know, trauma and see if this this perhaps fits for you. So, Let's define it a bit more because I think that the definition of trauma is super, super important in this conversation because a lot of people misuse it. So I really love the definition that was given to me through um, a course that I've been doing around trauma and somatics, Um, and this is trauma is defined by the lingering psychosomatic or mind-body response to overwhelming events. So I'm going to repeat that. Trauma is defined by the lingering psychosomatic mind-body response to overwhelming events. So, Will Rezin, one of the um, owners and um, creators of the course that I'm doing at the moment, he describes it as too much, too fast, too soon. And I absolutely love these definitions. Now, what's really, really important to explain in depth here is that trauma is not what happened or what's happening. It's the body's response to that, and that's really, really key. And obviously this impacts the way you use it, you know, how you use the language there. There is something that I wanted to touch on when it comes to talking about trauma, and that is that I do see in this space a lot of controversy. Now this comes from our society, as I was talking about before, being very Traumaphobic. Um, you know, we just need to get up, get on with it, don't worry about it, type of attitude. And it also comes from the fact that now that we're learning more about trauma, there are also a subset of, you know, people with thoughts and opinions around hate. Not everyone has experienced traumatic things. Um, my approach here, and I think this is something that's very personal, is to look at your own body's response. To that event. Now we can get into dangerous waters when it comes to comparative suffering. So where we start to look at, oh yeah, but I know someone who had X, Y, Z happened to me. That's what a traumatic experience is like. I didn't suffer that much. So I shouldn't feel like that. Let that shit go. Like right now, what you experienced and the way that your nervous system responded to that is completely valid so please don't allow yourself to go that road it's not helpful in any way and we also know that genetically our wiring can be vastly different in terms of how we respond to things so it's not not only up to you it's up to your body as well so that's something i really wanted to mention to you guys Obviously, as mentioned, too, there is that component of what does society think, diagnoses, all of those things. That's really beyond the scope of this podcast today. But I think it's important to pull out some of those things and just, you know, call them out a little bit as well when we're talking about it. So trauma is super, super, super key. And more importantly, your nervous system and its regulation and how happy it is, super key to your wellness. So you guys will have heard me talk about some of our survival or stress responses when I was talking about parasympathetic and sympathetic nervous systems. These are flight, fight, fawn, and freeze. And so I wanna dig into these a little bit more for you guys, because I think understanding them beyond obviously their self-explanatory nature of fleeing or fighting something, I think it might help you know understand a little bit more about your own responses to things. So when we talk about flight, We are talking about that need to escape, to flee, to move away. When we talk about how the body might express this, it's that drawing back, pulling back, your your legs wanting to move, feeling restless. That's what we see with that response. We also then, on the other side, can see fight. And this is where we are wanting to protect, push against, fight back. We find that often our upper body is more engaged with this. That is something we really see, an expression of that in the body. When we talk about freeze, we see our body going inward, locking up and literally going into that frozen state. So your energy and your focus turns very inward in order to survive, like I was talking about with with the um, lion and the gazelle earlier. When we talk about fawn, this is actually a more evolved um, self-protective mechanism for us. And this is people-pleasing. This is to pacify, it's to soothe, it's walking on eggshells, it's everything we do in order to avoid the conflict that may threaten us. So this is a big one and I'm sure a lot of you guys are like, oh man, this is totally me. I know I fall into this category and have done for a very long time. Now, obviously, you your own you know, personal stress response may be a mixture of all of these. Some of these, it just depends on you, but it is really important to understand a little bit more about what each of these are in order to identify, do I have a dysregulated nervous system and is this something I need to work on over time? So let's talk a little bit about how you do actually identify a dysregulated nervous system where that entire system is not allowing the rest of your body to run as it should because it feels like it's threatened. So remembering that trauma is not what happened, it's those lingering effects on your physiology. So make sure you're looking to your own body to lead you here. Listen in. So it's really important that you assess those survival responses and you're really looking at, you know, do I feel like regularly I'm fleeing from something, I'm feeling I have to fight something that I'm frozen and shut down or that I feel like when I have a conversation with someone I have to keep the peace, you know. Are you feeling those things? Are you wired a lot? Are you shaky? Do you struggle with emotional control These are the different things that you can start to pick out that are very, again, in our thinking selves, we really have to assess them at a brain level. But what I also would love for you guys to do is take a look at your body and what what your body is actually telling you. So this is that somatic component and really looking at that connection between the two. It's not just what you think, it's also what your body is doing and what that's showing you. So this can range across the board. But what we do see very commonly are gut health issues, struggles with diarrhea, constipation, bloating, really, really, really big ones, especially when you have you feel like you've done the work and you're not getting anywhere. This can be a big one. Now, we do talk about this in depth in episode three, but briefly, because I'm sure you guys will be curious in the moment. This is because under a stress response, under a survival response, our body redirects energy to the things that are most important to survive, which are your brain, your heart and your lungs. Your gut and digesting your food from two hours ago, not so important. And so that takes a back seat. And so that can be different for different people in some people it slows digestion it slows motility can make them really bloated and it can also make them very constipated on the flip side some people's bodies can go get this out of my system right now and you'll have a really upset stomach diarrhea that sort of thing so some people can even vomit from that so you can see how this is just one example the gi system where the nervous system says we got bigger priorities here and it changes the way we function so we see those gut health issues chronic pain and chronic fatigue are really highly tied to issues within your nervous system and and a dysregulated nervous system you also might see things like memory loss struggling with recall struggling with brain fog These are really, really big ones that we also see, especially chronically, and especially when you're doing the work around, okay, how are my adrenals going? You know, what's my energy level like? If you're really struggling with some of those things all the time and they seem unrelenting, this can be another really, really big clue. We also then will see on-floor effects to your endocrine system, so your hormonal system. So we can see a sluggish thyroid, your system slowing down, fluid retention. We can see hormonal issues with your periods if you're obviously someone who – Experiences a period. You might see, you know, ovulation start to drop off. You might see that your periods are irregular. They might change, might be heavier or lighter. We do see a lot of that pop up as well. You might see changes in your sex drive. You know, you might see that your libido really drops. There are a lot of different things on the hormonal end that you might see change. And obviously, as you guys would know, and hopefully you've listened to the episode all about adrenals, cortisol is one of our stress hormones. So we can see that go through the roof. We can also eventually see it completely plummet so we can see a lot of those kinds of obviously some of these need to be diagnosed with testing but we can see a lot of these symptoms that associate with this if someone experiences high cortisol you might feel jittery you might feel anxious you might feel unable to calm down obviously on the flip side low cortisol we might see extreme fatigue extreme burnout what we might also see are things like clumsiness we can also see poor posture We can also see changes in your vocal tone. So you might find that you suddenly are having to pitch your voice a lot higher. This was a really, really big one for me. And you guys might've even noticed it across the, from the start of the podcast being recorded to now, as I've done my own work around my own nervous system, I'm able to slow down my speech. I'm able to place my voice in it's more natural register. When I talk about things like clumsiness, At the start of the podcast, I mentioned to you guys about proprioception, so this is your concept of where you are in space. That can change a lot when we experience a dysregulated nervous system, can be impacted. We can also see poor posture because that component of the vagus nerve, that dorsal or sort of backside of the vagus nerve, that can be affected and it can impact rounding in the shoulders, humping at the um, neck, We can see all of those different things in someone who's experienced really difficult things throughout their lifetime. So I wanted to mention a few of those more unusual things to you because I think they're really interesting. I also wanted to go over a little bit around inflammation, autoimmunity. We see that these can be, especially in chronic trauma, we can see this become uh, something that can't be overcome medically um, we can get different interventions that help but until we actually address the nervous system and we start to encourage it in a, into a more regulated place your body can stay on high alert and that can mean it can start to attack itself interpret a lot of things as dangerous um, and we do see that kind of high- level chronic inflammation in people who struggle with a dysregulated nervous system so really important so, what are some small steps that we can take in order to start healing? The very first thing I wanna say here is make sure that you're working with at least a trauma-informed practitioner. And if you feel you need more than someone who just knows about trauma and how to work alongside that with you and support you through it, if you feel you need to work on it, I would actually then look for a trauma-centred practitioner. Now, this obviously can be a psychologist, psychiatrist, therapist of some kind. It also may be a somatic experiencing practitioner. You might like to Google that and look for someone in your area, but this is someone who can then actually work with you and actually work on that response. So that's really, really important as a first place. Secondly, know that working through any form of dysregulation within your nervous system must, must be done slowly, really slowly. You can't start diving in head first unfortunately our nervous systems just aren't able to cope with that and we can actually cause re-traumatization along the way so it's really important that any time you're assessing this stuff you're just taking a brief and curious look with lots of compassion take it slow you know this is not something you want to rush and I know a lot of you if you've gone yeah I think that you know maybe some of my physical symptoms might be rooted in some you know nervous system dysregulation if you're thinking that please don't like Try and run to the finish line here, start slow, work with someone. It's really, really important when it comes to this stuff. So, in terms of some action steps, I find that reconnecting your mind and body and starting that process nice and gently is so important because our body is innately wise and innately aware. We're just taught not to listen to it. So, just starting to reconnect the two, you know, feeling more than thinking when appropriate. That is a really key thing just to start this process along because it's very difficult for our you know thinking brains so to speak to talking in in language in english language to our nervous system you know we use affirmations and mantras and all those good things but that's not the language of our nervous system it's just not we have to learn ways to communicate that our nervous system understands so it can calm and it can regulate so some of these things obviously very the first thing is taking note of your body sensations. We did this at the start with that meditation. There are so many good apps out there that have fantastic meditations and body scans. Now, if you're a bit like, I don't want to have to meditate, that sounds crap. I would just take a look around on an app like Insight Timer, and I can put this in the show notes for you guys. Insight Timer is a library of thousands and thousands of different meditations, different types of tracks, different music, all kinds of things. And some of them are heavily guided where they literally tell you step by step, here's what I want you to visualize. And some are not. So you might find something for you. There are also a wide range of topics that you can choose from on an app like that. So there are ways that you can sort of dip your toe into things like meditation without having to feel like you just sit there and take notice of your body with no direction. So That's a really good way to start. But if that isn't for you, that is totally fine. At the end of the day, it's just about taking some time to start to notice your body. And this might be having like a sentence that you speak to yourself, like within my body, I notice X, Y, Z sensation. You may also then like to add to that. And I'm feeling or noticing X, Y, Z emotion as well. It's totally fine if the two of these aren't congruent. If the two of them don't go together, that's okay. Like if you're like, hang on, so I'm feeling jittery in my gut, but I feel content in my mind. Like it's fine. We're complicated beings. It's all good. It's just about compassionately and non-judgmentally taking a close look at what our body is telling us. So I would really highly recommend like start that process. Just take a minute to check in on your body and what it's telling you. Temperatures, sensations, you know, you might want to put colors and shapes to it, be creative about it. Like however your brain likes to interpret this the most, go for it. There's no wrong here. Slumming down is obviously a really big part of this as well. If you can't allow yourself more time to get places, more time to speak, you know, more time to process things, it's very hard to remind our nervous system that we're safe when we are just go, go, go all the time. This might look like, you know, take a couple of seconds before you respond to someone in a conversation. I know we're so conditioned to not do that. You know, we're so conditioned to avoid awkward silence at all cost. But we also need time to integrate, you know, that information that's coming in. It's okay to take a second. It's okay to take a breath. Please do that for yourself. It's so important So slow down. I mentioned this earlier. So feeling more and thinking less, you know, and that comes back to that first point I was talking about around noticing body sensations, you know, rather than trying to go, hmm, I feel this sensation, what is the, what is definitively the emotion that I'm experiencing because of that? Try not to do that. Try to just take that, that, that sensation for what it is and be curious about it. That is a really good way to start to reconnect the two. I sort of uh, said some bad things just before about mantras and affirmations because I'm I'm personally not the biggest fan. However, it's always helpful to have a short list of things that help to remind you to do the check-in work. So it's not so much a mantra to calm yourself down, you know, or an affirmation to make yourself feel amazing. It's just that like, hey, check-in. Like that might be all it is. Or, hey, do you notice anything? You know, these are the things that you can start to regularly cultivate into your routine throughout the day. You know, it might be, hey, take a breath and check in, just simple things like that. That's a really good one. Now, this is well beyond the scope of this podcast, purely because it's not something that I'm an expert in. and I'd love to have someone on the podcast to talk more about it sometime. But there are practices like shaking, tapping or EFT that are really great for your nervous system and helping to re-regulate it. There are also some fantastic um, YouTube videos where they can actually walk you through the process of tapping or shaking. Something that's kind of similar, obviously, to these different body movements that help to reconnect with our physical body is dance if you're someone who likes to dance and move put on some good music and just move you know and this sounds so corny but like no one is there that's the kind of dance that i'm talking about Um, For a lot of people, this will also include gentle movement. So I'm not talking about getting in and thrashing your body at the gym. I'm talking about going for a gentle walk or doing some stretching, you know, going for a swim. These are really soft things that you can do for your body just to help reconnect. Breath work. Now, obviously, a really big disclaimer again here. It doesn't work for everyone. I feel like people think that breath work is the be all and end all of this work, What we don't realize is that there are a couple of different uh, breath techniques that can actually be really overwhelming for certain people's nervous systems, depending on what they've been through. I'm actually going to give a personal example here. When I first started out doing some breath work, I tried out Wim Hof breathing. This did not help me. I ended up feeling like 1,000 times more anxious by the end of a session. It's really important to figure out what does and doesn't work for you and Honestly, do it quite quickly. You know, if you're doing a 10-minute breath work, you know, video on YouTube and you get 30 seconds in and something doesn't feel quite right, just stop. It's not worth it. Take your time, take a long, deep breath, relax, move to something else. Sometimes heavy breath work, can actually be super stressful and dysregulating to your nervous system. My favorite style of breath for me personally is a yogic style of breath called Ujjayi breath. And it's where you take a deep breath in through the nose and then back out through either the nose or the mouth. But I prefer the nose. But as you exhale, lightly constricting the back of your throat, it should make like a huffing kind of oceanic sound within your headspace, and it's very soothing to that vagus nerve and it helps to calm the system on a similar note and this is something that really applies to me personally again singing humming and chanting are really really big ones because they again help to vibrate and activate that vagus nerve and specifically the ventral vagal component so if you're someone who likes to sing or hum along with a song like please do. It's really, really good for that system. It helps to release. It's just that extension beyond something like Ujjayi breath that you could try. I sometimes will put a really great song on and then just gently hum, breathe, you know, just allow my body to feel into that vibration that the song provides. So have a go at it. What have you got to lose? The other things you can do are grounding exercises. So my favorite one personally, again, is five things you can feel, five things you can see, five things you can hear. Now, if you want to do taste, you you can. It's much harder, I find, and smell the same. I really like doing, what can you hear? What can you see? What can you feel? They are the ones that are simplest and really try to explore those things especially in moments where you're feeling flooded or overwhelmed you know I often will go okay yeah I've noticed the coffee mug it's this color if I touch it what's the texture like sometimes it can actually be really helpful to go as far as like hmm, I wonder how they made this cup like it's amazing how much it can help your nervous system to just ground into that moment, be with your mind, be with your body. Grounding is a fantastic way to do that. And the last one that I want to leave you guys with when it comes to things that we can do is compassion. It's so easy to be an asshole to yourself, like so, so easy. And at the end of the day, it's wasted energy. You will get yourself nowhere and all you're doing is sending a signal to your nervous system that things aren't okay and you're just pushing yourself more into dysregulation. So pull out the kind words. I'm not a flowery, frilly person with myself. I struggle. I am very mean to myself a lot of the time and I'm trying not to be. But what I do try to do is think about if I were standing in front of my 10-year-old self, what would she want to hear? You know, what are the words in this moment that I would give to her? And I think that's a really helpful way to look at it. You might want to apply this to, you know, some kids that you love, your own children, nieces, nephews, friends. You would never want to say some of the stuff that you say to yourself, I'm sure. So be really kind. So important. So on that note, we've talked about some really heavy shit today. So please take some time to rest. Be really kind to your body. Do something that brings you joy if you're able to. Something that's fun, brings out your inner child. Should you need more support though, please reach out to Sammy or myself and we will be happy to point you in the right direction, chat about what's going on and figure out the best you know, course of action for you. Thank you so much for joining me today and we will see you next time. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Fiercely Unfixed. If you're enjoying the podcast, please make sure you subscribe to it on iTunes or Spotify so you never miss an episode. We would also love it and really appreciate it if you would leave us a review as that helps us to be found by people just like you who are looking to better their health and improve their well-being. Thank you so much for being with us and we are sending you guys so much love.